Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to the nine o'clock service. Or what I like to call the service where the people don't care anything about the new Star Wars movie coming out. Am I right? No, I need to know my crowd. Are you guys Star Wars fans? All right, I'm gonna change sermons here. Just hang on a minute. Last week was do you hear what I hear? Three things last week we heard straight out of God's word. You're not getting into heaven without Jesus. It doesn't matter where you live on this planet. You want a relationship with the Heavenly Father, you got to go through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's it. So every person that knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, you have a home forever in heaven. We learned that last week. Also learned that this life is short and it's going to go by very quickly. We learned that there are things we shouldn't waste our time on. Solomon tells us all about that in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says also we're not to waste our time on certain types of people. That's in Psalms 1. Matthew, Mark, and Luke said when it comes to certain types of people, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Paul told Timothy, don't waste your time in foolish arguments. You're not going to get anywhere with that. And then Jesus cut straight to the chase in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. He says, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and turn and attack you. Well, that's Jesus talking. I mean, when you waste time with certain people, then it's like throwing, giving your jewelry to pigs, he said. Wow. Now, that's Jesus talking. So because life is so short and it goes by so quickly, we know Solomon tells us if it's all about this or that or trying to accomplish this or gain that, you're going to get to your life, into your life and find out, no, no, it's all about God, it's all about your wife, and it's all about enjoying your work. That's what Sol- he wrapped it up. So life, we found out last week is short, going to go by very quickly. And then we also found out that if you're going to enjoy this life, if you're going to enjoy it, then the Bible says that you're going to enjoy it through trials, tribulations, and trouble. And what the Bible said this, Jesus said, be of good cheer, which means to be optimistic and to be filled with joy. To be optimistic and to be uh, filled with joy. Now, guys, I'm all about people getting saved. You know that. I'm all about people accepting Christ as their personal Savior. When our pastor led it, the people in prayer a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was about, I don't know, 20, 30 people in the 9 o'clock service that raised their hand and got saved. 11 o'clock service, another 20 or 30 people that raised their hand and got saved. So in two services two weeks ago, about 40 to 50 adults in these services prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into their life and save them. They have a home forever in heaven. I'm all about that. But, but in addition to that, Jesus didn't come just to save us, to give us heaven. He came to save us, to give us the greatest life we could possibly live until we get there. It's not about you and I getting saved and then all of a sudden living the next 40, 50, 60 years of our life miserable. 
Jesus wants us to live an incredible, blessed, abundant life. So that's kind of what I want to focus in. That's kind of been my focus lately is talking to those of us that are saved about how to really live the kind of life that God wants us to live. And let me just say this. Last week was do you know what I know? And this week is do you hear what I hear? This week, do you know what I know? And there are some things that I know about you people. And I didn't learn it. Duke just looked down and rubbed his head like, oh God, what is he going to say? What did you tell him, Siri? I didn't learn it on Facebook. And I didn't learn it from your friends and your family out in the lobby. What I'm going to tell you that I know about you this morning, I got straight from your God. I know some stuff about you. The question is, do you know what I know? First thing on the side screen is I know your heavenly father's crazy about you. He is just crazy in love with you. Now, there are people in my life that I love. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love them. And I love you. But I got to tell you, I don't think about you all the time. I don't. I don't think about my grandkids all the time. I think about vacation. <laughs> my granddaughter's like, oh, God, help me. No, I don't. I don't. I don't wake up thinking about you. When you wake up, I'm not staring at you. I'm not there. That'd be creepy, wouldn't it? But take a look at this, what God said on the side screen. How precious, he allowed this psalmist to write this. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. When I wake up, you're still with me. You ain't gone anywhere. Look at this. Psalms 103 from last week. For his unfailing love toward those that fear him or have him and hold him in high respect is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Wow, look at that. Look at that. Your heavenly father is crazy about you. You can't add up the number of times he's thinking about you. He never stops. He's always there for you. He always loves you. He always thinks about you. He always cares for you. There is nobody in your life, ever will be in your life, that loves you and is crazy about you as your heavenly father. I know that about you. Here's the second thing. I know that God will easily forgive you when you mess up. He loves you so much as his child that when you mess up, he easily forgives you and makes it like you never messed up in the first place. Take a look at this, 1 John 1, 9 in the Amplified Version. If we freely admit, now by the way, these verses are talking to God's kids, not those that are not saved. He said, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he's faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and with his purpose. Isn't that good? He continually forgives you. He's not looking for a reason to be mad at you. He's looking for an opportunity to wipe it all out as if it never took place. Psalms 103, again from last week, he's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Romans 8, verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as their Lord and Savior. Now is he talking about you? Okay, no guilty verdict. And he's not looking to punish you because he easily, easily forgives you. When we sin, we break fellowship with God. No different than a relationship down here. If I, if I mess with Dr. Troy this morning, I kind of, you know, say something, I'm hurtful to him. 
well, you know, okay, we're still brothers and we still love each other, but he's not real happy with me right now. You know, we're not going to go out and have coffee right now. But if I go back to him and say I'm sorry, well, the fellowship is renewed. The relationship was always intact. Let me, let, me, let me net it out for you. When you sin as a child of God, you break fellowship with your heavenly father. You're acting guilty. You're, you know, trying to hide something from him. And, and the relationship is, it, the, the fellowship is not good. But when you go back and say, Father, I'm sorry. He says, okay, we're good. And the fellowship then is renewed, but the relationship was never in danger. Are you with me? So he easily, easily forgives you. But tell you what else I know. I know that he will rescue you if you call on him for help. Wow. Thank you. Can I just say thank you, God, for that? Your heavenly father loves to be your hero. And he loves to rescue you. Now, there's a great Psalms. I told you Psalms 103 is great. Well, Psalms 107 is another one. Now, on the side screen, you are going to hear two words that if any child of God will say, if anyone that is in trouble will say, it immediately draws the heavenly father's attention to your situation because he loves it when you call out to him for help. He loves to rescue you. Now, we're going to throw Psalms 107 verse 6 on the side screen. Psalms 107. Verse 6. Now, prior to that verse, let me read these verses. Some wandered in the wilderness. They were lost and they were homeless. That's verse 4. Verse 5. They were hungry, they were thirsty, and they nearly died. Okay? Now watch what happened. Everybody together. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. Everybody. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. What brought about their rescue? Two words, Sam. That's it. A couple of verses later, throw up now verse 13 if you would. A couple of verses later in verses 10, 11, and 12. Some sat in darkness and in deepest gloom. The most depressed they could possibly be in this life. Imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning, showing total disrespect and they're in their chains of misery and toward the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Watch it turn around, everybody. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress, everybody. He led them from darkness and the deepest gloom. That's where they were at, that deep, deep level of depression, and he snapped their chains. He broke them free. He let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. What were the two words that changed everything? Lord help. Lord help. help. Now look, if you would, verse 19. Some folks, this is verse 17 and 18, some were fools. Now the Bible said the fool has said into his heart, there isn't what? There's no God. So take the law of first mention. These were people that just I don't even believe in you, God. And they rebelled, and they suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food. This is verse 18. And they were knocking on death's door. And what turned it around? Two words. Lord, 
help. Here it is. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word, and he healed them. He snatched them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully of his glorious acts. Now, give me, give me, if you would, give me verse, verse 28, same passage of scripture. Verse 27 says, or verse 23 says, they went to work. These people were just simply going to work. They're trying to, uh, to take ships across to be able to trade their goods in other areas. And the elements rose up against them. They about drowned. Verse 27 said, they reeled and they staggered like drunkards and they were at their wits end and all they had to do was holler two words. What were they? Lord help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper, and he stilled the waves. What a blessing was the what? Wow. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where just peace and calm and stillness would be one of the greatest things that I could have. And it all comes to you with two words. He said he brought them to safe harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he's done for them. And let them exalt him where? Yeah. Publicly. Just two words changes everything in a person's situation. Let's say you're lonely and you're hurting today. You just need to say two words. What are they? Let's say your marriage is in trouble. And that woman God gave you just ain't acting right. You just need two words. What are they? No, in that case, it's want jewelry. <laughs> No, it's Lord help. It's Lord help. <laughs> Financial turmoil. Not really sure what's going on in our economy. You don't know what's happening to your job and the place that you work next year. What, what two words do you need? Lord help. You're uncertain about your future. What's going on in the news? What that crazy idiot in Korea is doing? You just need two words. What are they? Was that not politically correct when I said that? <laughs> the old pastor's not being critically or politically correct. What, what two words do we need? <laughs> See, it works for everything. It's crazy. Any of you ever have a loved one in your life where you've watched their life fall apart? Any of you have somebody in your life right now who's not making the greatest of choices. <laughs> They're not hanging with the right people. They're not doing the right things. And if something doesn't happen in their life, they're going to be in a bigger mess than they're in right now. Any of you have a loved one you might be concerned about in that area a little bit, would you raise your hand and hold your hand up representing them just for a second? Yeah, I do too. 
And you know what the greatest hope of my life is? They only have to say two words and they will receive a full-blown rescue from a God who loves them. Two words. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Wouldn't that be a great Christmas present? Can I pray for them real quick? I, we're not done yet. I'm just, Father God, we all just raised your hand a moment ago, and we're all thinking about a family member right now, a loved one, a father, a mother, a spouse, a son or a daughter, maybe grown, maybe a teenager, Lord, maybe a college student child that walking straight with you, holding on to you, and now they have some weird philosophy being put into them from a liberal college, and now they're a little bit screwed up. And God, all you got to do, all you got to do is get their attention. And all they got to do is say, Lord, help. Not mommy help. <laughs> Mommy's been there. Not daddy help. Daddy opened up his wallet. Lord, help. And everything changes. Because you are a God who loves to rescue us. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Y'all claim that? Y'all believe that for your loved one? All right. I know that he'll reward you for the smallest act of serving him. That's what I know about you. He will reward you for the smallest act of you serving him. Matthew 10 says it this way, and if you give even a cup of cold water to least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Proverbs 19, 17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. I don't think that, I know you guys, and I don't think that any of you took a gift off Angel Tree the last couple of weeks thinking that if I do this, God's going to give me something back. I, I don't think you did that. I think when you went to those angels and you, that were on those trees and you, you picked them up and you looked at the age of that little blue angel or that little pink angel, and I think when you saw what that child's favorite color was and you saw what their request was and you went to the mall and you shopped for it or you bought it online, I think you had all those things in mind, but I do not think you had in your mind, God's going to pay me back for this. I don't, I don't think... Do not think it was there. But, but I need to tell you something. God's going to pay you back for that. Oh, I don't really need it. It doesn't really matter. He's going to reward you, period. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Well, I didn't do it for that reason. Good, I didn't either. But you're not going to shut down his reward. The smallest act. Those of you that stand out in the cold, I saw Steve and Rich out there in the cold. I told him and his wife, uh, Janice, I, I, I said, dude, get, get, that, get inside, it's cold. Oh, we're dressed for it, Pastor. And they're out there just shaking hands. And the Bible talks about the rewards of just keeping the door in the house of God. Back in our children's ministry last week, I, I just ended up back there after the service was over. Everybody was almost gone, just saying hi to some people. And, and the people that are back there loving on those kids, you green shirts, back there just serving God, Middle schoolers that are working with kids. Jason, listen, listen. God's going to reward you for that. He's going to bless you. And it really doesn't matter. When people are up here singing and worshiping or teaching, whatever we're doing for the God, he's, 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 if you're just encouraging somebody else, building them up, praying for them, he's going to reward you for that. 
Here's the last thing I know. I know that he is never through using you. I know he's never through using you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old you are. He's not through using you. Are you 99? Anybody in here 99? Abraham was 99. His wife, Sarah, anybody know how old she was? 80-something, wasn't she? 90, something like that. Uh, They thought they were dead, their bodies at least. And God said, no, you're not. I'm going to wake up stuff in you. Hadn't worked for a long time. (laughs) And I'm just preaching the scripture. I'm not not saying that. And Abraham's like, not now. God is too late now. That that desire to have a child with Sarah, by the way, that was the only child Sarah ever had. That desire to have a child with Sarah and her desire to have one herself, that's over. Too old for that. I've eh, been okay in my 30s and 40s, but no, 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 not in your 90s. Abraham kept saying he's almost 100 years old. God said, that's all right. Named a child. Child had to do with, I laughed at this. God's going to do something and bring something out of your life that's going to be so amazing at whatever your age is. That really, honest to goodness, you're going to laugh about. I, I cannot believe this now because if God wasn't going to do that he'd have taken you on into heaven if salvation were just about heaven uh, you'd already be there but he left you here and he left you here for a reason so the question's got to be asked at whatever age you are what do you still want me to do And the attack that the enemy is bringing about on your life is not necessarily about who you are and what you have or what you're doing right now. It's about shutting down what's still in you that hadn't come out yet. I know. God's not through with you. So the question is, who does God want you to encourage When Ann and I were in our 20s and 30s, the greatest gift that God gave us were people in our church that were 15, 20, 25, and 30 years older than us who would be our cheerleaders and come by and say, man, that was great. Great job. Oh, that was wonderful. I don't even know how you guys do what you do. That's so awesome. You guys are great. And I'm like, man, they are old enough to be our parents, and they're sitting under our ministry. But God gave them as gifts to us to cheerlead us, to speak. Listen, I can't do what I used to do the way I used to do it when I was 30. So thank God for 30 years olds and their incredible level of energies that are willing to do what I can no longer do. But you know what I can do? I can throw an arm around them. I can hug them. I can pray for them. I can applaud for them. And I can encourage them because they're doing not only what I can't do, they're doing what I don't even want to do anymore. So what is God doing with me? I'm their cheerleader, baby. I'm their encourager. I'm a, hey, guys, I walked down that road too. You'll make it. Just keep going. You got this. Who does he want you to encourage? That only you can encourage. 
Who does he want you to tell that are only going to hear it from you? Jesus is the only way, guys. I'm not going to be here much longer. If you want to go where I'm going, you better hook your train to Jesus. Who, who, and what does God want you to do that only you can do? He's not through with you. Uh, By the way, there's no such thing as retirement in the Bible. None. You can change your job description, but you serve him till your last breath is gone. Last week I gave you a verse. It was Psalms 103, verse 16. And it said the wind blows and we're gone. Remember that? As though we had never been here. Y'all remember that? Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) And I told you, if you hang on, I'll explain that to you this week. My father started a business in Indianapolis, Indiana. When I was 12, we moved out of Indianapolis, Indiana to Orlando, Florida. He started another business in Orlando, Florida. When I was 16 years of age, we moved to Fort Worth, Texas, where I met Anna in high school. And my father started another business in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, all these years later, my dad's been in heaven for about 18, 19 years now. All these years later, you cannot find a sign of my dad's companies in Indianapolis, in Orlando, and in Fort Worth. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure the houses and homes that he built are still standing. I do not know. And if they were, they're just a shadow of what they were many, many years ago. Okay. So it is safe for me to say there really isn't any sign of my dad's life that he worried about, that he stressed about, that he lost sleep about, and then he worked so hard for all those years. Going to help you a little bit more. Think about somebody maybe in your family that lived 100 years ago. Any sign of them? Let me just take you back 50 years. Look them up. Any sign of them? But you know what? There is a sign of my dad's life. The work ethic that he put in me that I passed down to my son to go at it at 100% for our Lord and then for our family. See where I'm going? My seventh grade Bible teacher put a poem rhyme up on the wall of our class. I never forgot it. You guys have heard it a hundred times. And it goes like this. Just one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for God will last. All the things you stress about, worry about, fret about, will one day appear like you were never here. What will make a difference is everything you've done for this Heavenly Father who is crazy about you, who forgives you very easily when you messes up, who will always rescue you with just two words. What are they? And he will reward you for the smallest acts of ever serving him and this Heavenly Father. You need to know, no matter what your age, 
He's not through with you yet. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and confess that you are my savior, that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven with you. And God, I ask you this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need additional prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.